Welcome to Scarborough Fair, a podcast of sorts, hosted by Merrill. I've produced a variety of podcasts over the last couple of years, and this is episode one of a new podcast. It wasn't supposed to be named Scarborough Fair. It was to have another name. I went to magnitude.com in search of some theme music and typed in a few parameters and found this great album called Dulce Musica, A Contemporary Journey. I was playing tracks and came to this. Haunting. It brings me back to 1966 and Simon and Garfunkel, which in turn led me to Google. Scarborough Fair as a song is not that old dates back at the earliest to the 18th century. The fair itself, however, received its charter in 1253 from King Henry III and ran for 45 days from August 15th through September 29th from the Assumption of Mary to Michaelmas and was a big, big fair. Traders came from all over and with the traders who came to buy and sell came people who wanted to buy and perhaps sell. There were entertainers and food people and people looking for good times, people looking to scam them, people looking for adventure, something quick, and maybe something more solid lasting came out of the fair. My thought of thinking of Scarborough Fair, in fact, is thinking about Neil Gaiman's Stardust, which has a fair in it, but a fair with magic. And perhaps people then thought of magic, too. I can't promise this will be a magical podcast, but who knows? In many ways, a podcast is like a fair. It lasts for a time. It may be profitable, and it may be not profitable, using that word loosely. It brings people together for good or for ill. Great things can come out of it, and then again, not. I've discarded podcasts, podcasts I listen to, and podcasts I have created. When they cease to fill a need, mine or anyone else's, they go... This podcast will have an audio blogging flavor. It's a thing I like to do in my podcasts. It may cover some hints and tricks, some books I've read, thoughts I've had, and matters of the heart. Podcasts are narcissistic. What in the world makes me think you would want to listen to me? Then again, not. Certainly, I have something to say. Certainly, I am unique. Certainly, you would want to pay attention. There are a number of measures of success where podcasts are concerned. Longevity. How long has the podcast been around? Has it been consistent? What is its listenership? How many episodes 
have been generated. How quickly are these episodes put up? In thinking about Scarborough Fair podcast, I've been thinking the fair lasted for 45 days, a rather long fair, actually. Does this podcast have enough legs to last for 45 episodes? Certainly not 45 days as a daily podcast. Maybe not even 45 weeks as a weekly podcast. I hope not 45 months for a monthly podcast, but 45 episodes over some period of time. Then what? Perhaps to say it is done, or perhaps to say it has another season, another 45 episodes in it. Scarborough Fair was wildly successful for 100 years, 150 years, and then changed. Fairs were not the way business was done. Middle Ages gave way to another time, another place, and eventually Scarborough Fair wasn't profitable anymore, and it ceased. It's been revived in feel of a festival. Sleepy seaside town becomes the scene of summertime gatherings. And we will see what Scarborough Fair podcast does. Like Narcissus, I will look into the lake and see what happens. into the future. Mankind has conquered the solar system. Humanity has entered a new era of peace and exploration. But a looming threat could spell the end of everything. The fate of civilization rests in the hands of an unlikely hero. Um, excuse me, hero? You know, I've been called a lot of things over the years. Criminal, con artist, traitorous bitch. But hero? Well, yes, but they were being sarcastic. This is the story of how I saved the universe. Space Casey is an audio drama miniseries from Christiana Ellis. Subscribe now at www.spacecasey.com. You'll love it. Trust me. I enjoyed this mini-drama. It's science fiction, if you will, or fantasy. It's not at all profound, but it is entertaining. It's predictable. It's well-produced. And I think it's worth a listen for 10 episodes. I have been a member of Recording for the Blind since... Well, I'm not exactly sure. Since high school, which was 1965 through 1969 and it was called recording for the blind then and I used flexible discs when I got to college I used reel-to-reel tape and a Sony tape recorder that probably weighed 20 to 30 pounds was very awkward but 
could be adjusted for variable speed. I could read faster or slower. And in Fast Forward or Rewind, there was chatter, and I could hear beeps to indicate page numbers and double beeps to indicate chapters. And it was a miracle. I could accurately find my way through books. And after reel-to-reel -reel tape, which often spilled out on the floor, were four-track cassettes, which were much smaller and much easier to handle and still had variable speed. And then, of course, there were CDs, daisy players for the CDs, and even transfer to portable devices. And now, there are downloads. These downloads require um, portable media that can handle an intense amount of digital rights management for WMA files. Curiously, my XV6700 PDA phone can handle the files. I can play them in the Windows Media Player on that phone. I'm using Mobile Speak with that and Windows 5 for um, Windows Mobile 5, I guess it is. The whole process of downloading files from RFBD is not for the faint of heart and in particular syncing them using Windows Media Player is not for the faint of heart. I wouldn't call this a tutorial. This is basically an overview with editorial comments. Um, here's what I did. I downloaded the RFBD Download Manager and installed it using System Access which required some use of the virtual mouse. I found it was important to make sure that the download started automatically, that it downloaded all the files, and that it unzipped them automatically. There are a number of tree structures which are readable in the download manager, but it is clearly designed with the visual uh, user in mind, not the blind user using screen reader technology, which is quite peculiar. In searching for books in the RFBD catalog, on the search page, I found a combo box. I can choose to search all records or just ones that are CD books or just download audiobooks, which is the option I choose. Not all of the books are in this format yet. I'm sure in time they all will be. Then I add the title that I want to my shopping cart, check out, and go to my downloads page. Sometimes the book is immediately available for download. Other times it is not. RFBD says it may take up to 72 hours for a book to be available. It's never taken 72 hours for me to be able to download a book. Um, 
I don't know whether this is a on-demand sort of thing where if a book has been requested beforehand um, it's available and if it's not it has to be prepared. In any event <laughs> the part I had a little trouble with is I clicked on the download button and immediately a file was downloaded. I thought well how can a book of over 200 or 300 megabytes download so quickly? Well it's not the book. It's simply a file which when I clicked on it actually I pressed entered on it um, it opened the download manager and the book began to download. In a directory called RFBD Media in my documents there is a folder with the ID number of the book with multiple books I find keeping them straight by number is confusing but that's the way it is. When I open these folders there are a number of playlists for um, multimedia in Windows Media Player, JPG files with artwork, I haven't a clue folks, haven't a clue what pops up on the screen with that artwork but it's there, cracked me up. Um, and then one WMA file for each page of the book and that includes the prefatory material also. I found it helpful to listen carefully for the letter P because the files are numbered sequentially but the P and the number that follows relates to the page number and that's at the end of the file name. So it's identifier number, file number, P page number dot WMA or I can choose to use the playlists which are developed by part. I think in the DAISY format these would be the level 1 headings. So there's front matter, prefatory matter, sometimes there's contents um, and then either part or chapters. Pressing enter on any of these playlists will open up Windows Media Player. I don't know if these play in Winamp. I don't have Winamp installed on this computer so I don't know. I do know that they will play in the System Access Media Player. On the first time I want to play a file a screen will pop up so that I can log into RFB&D with my user information and password and get the license for this book. I do that once and then the license is kept. I suspect it's refreshed at some point. Um, but it's kept and so the files will play. And then I went to see about syncing it to different devices. I did determine that it will not sync to a Creative Zen Stern doesn't have the level of DRM that these files require so they will not copy to the Zen Stone. I did find using the sync menus in Windows Media Player 11 a bit challenging. 
and using system access again I did find I needed to use my virtual mouse to click the finish button here. This would be going in under the sync tab, the sync menu button, um, and then finding the setup, the player um, menu item. What was problematic for me at first and frustrating and confusing is that Windows Media makes its own choices about what it puts in the sync list initially. So you can end up syncing your whole library to your device, um, which is not what I wanted. And it took me a long time to discover that the first list that I came to is what's available. The second list I came to is what is um, scheduled to go onto my player. Um, so there's the first list that's sort of the selection and then there are buttons add and remove alt a and alt r. Um, so when I went to the second list I could alt r anything I didn't want on my player and I could alt a in the first list of what I wanted there. So that's kind of how that works. And once I figured that out and got that sorted out, um, syncing to my phone became much easier. Now here's the challenge, and this is true whether I'm listening on the computer, which I personally don't do since I can move stuff to my phone. Um, if that's not an option for you, it would be the player is the fact that if I want to zero in on a page number I have to scroll through a very long list. So in a 300 page book um, plus prefatory information um, and I want to go to page 175 uh, it's scrolling down through more than 175 files to find the correct one. However it's doable. And if I'm honest about it, even though I complain, oh, I have to scroll through all these files, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's a lot quicker than um, putting that reel-to-reel -reel tape or even the cassette tape in fast forward. Trust me on this one. Um, so scrolling down with the cursor key is, um, or the joystick on my phone, you know, it really just isn't that big a deal. So that's RFBD Media for you. Saturday, November 1st, 2008. Time. What is the time? It is... It's 7.23 a.m. on November 1st, 2008. Oh, 7.23. See, Elwood woke me up at 5.55 to take him out. And I've been messing around with the computer and messing around with making coffee and messing around with the recorder and everything. And I've been looking forward to November 1st. It is the beginning of NaNoWriMo, National Novel Writing Month. I plan to write the 50,000 words of a novel to be a 
quote winner again this year. However, as I was thinking about that, I thought, oh my goodness, today I have to write 1,667 words to be on track. And 1,667 words of a story, I only have some vague idea of what to do with it, seems like 1,667 impossible actions. I don't know if I will keep this diary up, but I thought it would be an interesting exercise, if nothing else. Perhaps podcast it, perhaps not. Um, I'm putting it on this Olympus recorder, which is not a high-quality recorder. I even forget what kind of recorder this is. Was it the WS series? Um, I think it's half a gig. I don't think I spent the money. M10? Does that sound right? Anyway, um, I didn't have the money for the big super duper and several other recorders have come on since then. So, anyway, that's a long rambling explanation and can explain why I sound a bit rough because it's still first thing in the morning. has certainly taken me longer than I had anticipated at the beginning, though then again it has more stuff in it than I had anticipated. Learned a lot about the sound qualities of my space, the clocks, the hardness, the ambient sounds of the street, particularly when construction is underway. being picked up. In any event, this is episode one. I did get 1,760 words written for NaNoWriMo this morning, so I'm 93 to the good, and a day's work done. This podcast is online at scarboroughfairpodcast.blogspot.com. Check out my creative writing blog at soxbus837.blogspot.com. 365 days to somewhere. There could be blog entries at Scarborough Fair Podcast as well, as I think about and reflect upon the podcast experience. Music from magnatune.com. Dulce Musica, a contemporary journey. Sound effects from the Free Sound Project and SnapSound.com. This podcast is issued under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 3.0 license. I'm Merrill. Are you going to Scarborough Fair?